0: Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome and today we're going to talk to Michelle Quay, who is an author, a mountain climber. She runs an organization called Elevate Life Coaching. She helps coaches, she writes books. She reads books, so she does a lot of of things. So, Michelle, welcome, and tell me about your academic background. Where did you go to school?
1: I went to school in New York. So I have a degree in pharmacy. I am a doctor. I got a doctorate of pharmacy. Uh, took me years to get that degree. There's actually uh, some uh, twists and turns. I got my bachelor's degree in chemistry and biology, but then I found myself lost after graduation. And I was thinking to myself, well, what do I do with a chemistry and biology major, right? I either go into, and there's actually a funny story behind that, because I remember walking in and applying for a Boeing 747 company job. And we're talking about these uh, huge mechanical machines, and these uh, men who work at the place are all six feet tall. They're all very, very, very uh, uh, built. They're built, they go to work out. And you see me, four feet, four inches tall, walking to the office and trying to apply for a management position after my college grad. And and there I was. I'm like, who? what do I have to manage these people? There's no way I can apply for this job. And so, of course, I didn't get the job. So it brought me to think about, like, what do I do next? So I end up going back to school, going through pharmacies, and that's how I got my doctor's pharmacy degree.
0: Oh, and now you've changed 180% in terms of what you do. Yes. So, okay, so in terms of, you told me a little bit about your work experience as well. Mm -hmm. So now let's move on to your business, Elevate Life Coaching. Tell me what that's all about and how you came up with the name.
1: Yeah, so after I graduate, so let me just go back just a little bit. Um, after I graduated, got my doctor's degree in pharmacy. I have this passion. It's just like a lot of youngsters who graduated with, you know, the highest degree that anyone can possibly think of. Now what? You know, I have this passion for, for being a good pharmacist. I want to change life. I want to save more lives. But then after 20 years in the healthcare setting, I realized that that was not something that I'm passionate about. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, the society and our culture and the stress that we go to work, we we go through the day just by going through the day. And that was me um, being so young in my 20s and going to 30s. I had a lot of ambitions to wanting to save life. But little did I know that saving life, it's under the cost of someone else's agenda. It's always someone else's Oh, how many prescriptions were you able to fill? How many, how many, how much money were you able to save the company? How many dollars are we spending because of using this drug? So it became such a um, bureaucratic experience that it kind of really burned out my passion for being a pharmacist. And I started to find myself stressed out, burned out, overwhelmed. I was angry all the time. Every time I pick up the phone, I'm like, what? What now? And, and it's. It's never, it's it's not me, it's not my personality, it's not something I enjoy being that way. I don't enjoy waking up in the middle of the night and crying myself to sleep thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I have to go to work tomorrow, what do I do? And so I found myself at a crossroad. Professionally, I wasn't enjoying what I do. And personally, I was struggling to find my own identity. Um, I'm sure we'll go into this a little later, but I'm physically disabled. I walk with crutches, and I'm four feet, four inches tall. There's a very limited amount of things that I can fit into this society. Like if you think about the, the, the way that the our culture and social construct that, that's been placed, it's not really benefiting the people with disability. Like if I were to roll myself or walk into a grocery store, most of the important items, they place it on the top of the shelf. and And there's no way for, for people with disability to reach it and let alone, you know, grabbing it without embarrassing themselves to by asking for help. And, you know, we all have that level of integrity, we have that pride, you know, no matter how I look, I still want to be treated like a normal human being. But when you go into these places and you're not getting the treatment or you're not being being accepted or included, as part of that culture, then you kind of find yourself in a place where you don't feel that you belong anywhere. And so that's where that's where I was professionally. It wasn't I wasn't happy personally. I, I lost my self identity. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was passionate about. I didn't know what my purpose were. And so that really brought me to do a lot of thinking. And when what what happened when you think you start to read more stuff. <laughs> You start to look for stuff. You start search. I did Google search, and it just happened that during that time, everything was a, a synchronized event. One thing after another, it led me to look into coaching. And you know, before I got into coaching, I went on this journey um, to do something quite, quite brave. I would, I would, I would think. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk more about that.
0: Okay, so how did you come up with the name for the business?
1: It was actually an inspiration because I think, I feel at that time, I want to be elevated. Not just personally, but also professionally. I want to be elevated. I want to feel elevated. I want to be seen as elevated. I want that positivity in my life. When I was feeling really low, I was feeling really bad about the way I look. I wasn't feeling very connected with my my people around me, my family. I was just having a lot of anger issues around around that time. I was blaming a lot of people. You know, it, it always happened to me. You know, why me? That kind of attitude. So I want to feel elevated. So one day I was working out on a treadmill. And this is when I decided, you know, I'm gonna do something very different. So I signed myself with my disability. I walk into the gym with my two crutches. I say, hey, listen, I, I really need help. I need help to get back to my physical body and I need to get in shape. And I remember my goal, that uh, de- my definition of getting in shape is not just like getting in shape. I want actually to have six packs, you know, Everybody else can have six pack. Why can I have six pack? And that was my attitude walking into the gym. So I want a six pack. How do I do that? I, I got, I'm walking with crutches and I never step onto a treadmill. So I walked in and I'm like, okay, so I need help. So I hire a personal trainer to work with me. And I said, I need you to show me how to do these things tailor to my, to my knee. So, so he was not experienced, but he, he, he had this tremendous amount of care and love that he really cared about the people that, that he worked with. So he said, no problem. I'm, I'm going to train you. And so he slowly showed me how to use a treadmill, how to operate these machines. And he showed me how to train myself, how to eat right. And that started to go. And one day I was walking on the treadmill and this word of elevate just came to me, and I said, yes, it's called elevate. And I remember my first business card. Now it's called elevate life coaching, which is two words. Life coaching using one word. And now it's called elevate life coaching, but initially it was just called elevate. And I remember my first business card. I designed it myself, and it's on a square, and I put down elevate. Elevate, and underneath it, life coaching. And so that's how the name came about. It was that moment moment of inspiration, and it was it feel it felt like it was in the right I was at the right place, right time and right moment.
0: Excellent. Somewhere I saw that you climbed a mountain. Yes. You better explain that for our listeners. <laughs>
1: So, you know, I, I truly believe that personal development is something that's, it, it's an addiction. It's an addiction in a good way. Um, I say it as an addiction because the more that you do it, the first time you do it, it probably totally suck. And for me, it was totally suck because I didn't enjoy going to the gym. There's times where I find myself, you know, wanting to just relax, just sit home. Oh, my 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 back is hurting, my leg is broke, uh, uh, not, not feeling right. But the more that you do it, the better you get. And the better you get, you want more of it because it makes you feel go- good. It makes your endorphins start to go up. And so I it's, I started training for about a year. And during that time, a lot of my friends came back from this infamous trip. And, and they were all talking about it. And remember earlier, I was talking about the sense of not being, be- like, don't belong somewhere. And so I was... I was seeking for that feeling I want to belong somewhere. I want to feel connected to people. I want to have a community where I can share the same passion with them. And so when they were talking about this infamous trip, and I'm like, you know, I wish I could be part of that conversation. I wish I can belong in their discussion about this trip. I wish I could be there and actually experience it myself. And so I thought about it, I'm like, Okay, so I'm just gonna do it. I, I don't care what the consequences would be. I don't care if I die on the mountain, I'm just gonna go do it. So I went to the gym the following day and I said, hey, listen, I, I really need your help because I have this dream, I have this have this goal now that's sitting inside of me. I need you I need you to help me to accomplish it. I need you to, to get it out. And he's like, okay, great. You know, Michelle, that sit down, Let's talk, because you went, you came this far, and look at all these things that you have done. What do you want to do next? I said, I wanted to go hike. He said, great, okay. So is it like the mountain down here? You know, we can go hike. We, you know, you can go up there, and I can prepare you. I'm like, no, 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 no. Where I want to hike is gonna be in Peru, and I want to hike the Inca trails to Machu Picchu. And there there you see him jaws drop and and you know, I'm still walking with two crutches. And so he jaw drop. He's like, Michelle, you know, some people actually don't make it in Machu Picchu, right? And I'm like, Yeah, so what's your point? I'm like, I I don't, at this time, you know, I don't really freaking care because I want this. I want this so bad. I want that sense of belonging. I want that sense of accomplishment. I want, I don't, I can tell you what I don't want. I don't want to go back to where I was. I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night and feeling sorry for myself. And I don't want to have all these people looking at me as I'm walking on the street and people judging me. With the way that they look. And that's what I don't want. So what I want is hiking this trip so I can belong in the conversation. So I can belong in a society. So I can be accepted and being seen as someone who is normal. And so I we started to working together, and every weekend I would put on my day pack. Bring my two crutches, and I bought numerous these uh, rubber tip for my crutches because they wear out very quickly as I go hike. So I bought, I stock up on on those rubber rubber tips, and I would carry extra in my backpack. And every weekend, I would wake up five o'clock in the morning, put my day pack on, and I would just go practice. I would practice at the little hill here, the little <sighs> mountain here and that following year in 2016 i booked myself i went alone nobody no one came with me no friends no family i went with my little tiny luggage and two crutches and they were pink i love pink (laughs) i I bought my two crutches and i went on to hike 26 of inga trail to machu
0: picchu well tell me how high this mountain (laughs) is
1: (coughs) <coughs> the highest peak is at fourteen thousand feet and it took four days um every day we spend about eight to ten hours on this hike and we would camp and no showers no no bathrooms um everything that you have to do you do it those four days and most people they travel fast um they can walk fast so most of them are able to um, finish their trail in within seven to eight hours for me i walk slow and one of the phrase that i use often is i I travel slower than the donkey (laughs) the first day we had donkey traveling along with us, and I remember the donkey would carry a lot of supplies. Because um, up until halfway into into the uh, ruins, you're able to have donkey to carry all these supplies. And there's a lot of merchant along the along the road, and so I would I would keep walking with these donkey, and you know donkey donkey would ne- walk next to me, or sometimes they would walk faster than me. So I spend on average uh, ten hours to complete just one day to hike. And we're not talking about, oh, you know, 10-hour, I can break here. It's constantly walking and pushing down on my crutches for 10 hours. So, so on that first day, after maybe like two, three hours, my wrists start to burn up because every step, um, I'm going ascent, and every step, it felt like a push-up. It felt like a push-up. A lot of my body weight are being pushed to the crutches, and it really hurt my wrist. And so I started to get worried. I may not die, but I may not be able to walk because I'm I'm relying on my both hands. Um, I can't really rely on my legs. I can only rely on my upper body strength. So I started to get worried on that first day. How am I going to accomplish this? And... For me, I, I went prepared. So not only did I did I um, book myself a helicopter insurance, so just in case I you know, I fall and die, someone gotta lift my body and bring it back. So I booked myself a helicopter, right? I booked myself an extra tour guide who walked with me just in case I'm running short of breath, you know, maybe I trip and I need direction. So the extra tool that was super nice because he, as I was talking about how my wrist was burning, he took out some, uh, the medical Band-Aid, and he said, here, that's, that's rapid, and maybe that will alleviate some of the pressure that you put down to your wrist. So every day I would do that, and I have my Band-Aid on both of my wrists, and I would take each step moving forward, each step. Making sure that I land on the on the right foot, so that I don't slip. And every step, I do that every single day for four days. And each day, I probably average about twenty twenty one thousand to twenty three thousand steps. Wow. Um, I bought I bought a um, a Fitbit, a wristwatch to track how many steps I'm taking. And on average, during those four days, I average about twenty one thousand steps.
0: <coughs> Terrific.
1: I bit everybody on step.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's get back to your business now. Yeah. What are the products and services that your business does?
1: So I work primarily with women coaches who's trying to grow their business, who's trying to scale their business to get more clients, but they're struggling with it because they don't know how to articulate. They don't know how to run their business right from the start. And a lot of, you know, what I teach is using the power of storytelling. I'm really talented in depicting which story is relevant for the audience who know and which story is going to bring the most impact. And I, I, I'm doing this because I have this huge passion about telling story to inspire others. And a lot of the coaches I'm working with, they also have this passion that they want to bring out to the world. I, every single one of us have a purpose, have passion, and we want to make a difference in this world. And a lot of time, we let our self-doubt, whatever that we're going through, the physical challenges that we have, we let those become um, like the highlights in our lives. We allow those become um, kind of disguised the way that we talk to people, the way that we can possibly, we can be that inspiration in changing someone else's life. And so... A lot of them don't feel comfortable about sharing their own story. They don't feel comfortable about articulating articulating their, their, their business to get more clients. So I'm helping them to understand the concept of when you tell a story, your story is not about you anymore. Your story is about how you are able to change someone else's life. And to me, that is the most um, enjoyable, most powerful, most fulfilling work ever. And so we need people doing that we need more people who's coming out stepping out of their comfort zone talk about what is it that they've been struggling with and how they have this passion to help others and that story is going to be so inspirational
0: so michelle talk about your book
1: my book is called perfectly normal The immigrant stories of making it in america I was I would consider myself pretty successful immigrant. <laughs> I know a lot of immigrants are I'm, I'm still pretty shy about um, you know, my I don't have the perfect English and I don't have perfect English. My 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 English is still sometimes I call it a chinglish, right? Right between a Chinese and, and English. So I combine it, so it's called Chinglish. And I have a lot of grammatical errors and typos in my social media copy, but the idea of success is that everybody can have it. Everyone deserves it. Everyone can have success if you put your mindset to it. And I titled it perfectly normal because for a very long time, I want to be normal. I know normal is a controversial word, but I think everyone would re- agree that there's, you know, what is normal to you is normal to you. And it doesn't matter how other people think and feel. What is normal is normal. How we defined it may be different, but your definition is just perfectly fine. And it need to be as it is. So I want to be normal. I want to be like everybody else. And I'm hoping I'm still on that path of being like everybody else.
0: <laughs> so Michelle, you and your business three years from today, what's it going to look like?
1: It's going to look like a huge community. Um, At the moment, I'm building a huge community of women coaches, and every single one of them have a story to tell. And I want to create this platform where I have this community of women coaches, and each one of them are sharing their stories to help others. And so I have this image in my head where I'm standing on top of the mountain and my hand is holding on to another woman and that woman is holding on to the hand of another woman. And I truly believe that in in a world like this today, globally, we really just can't do things alone. And it really requires us to reach out our helping hand to grab that person who's following us and making sure that they are okay, making sure that they are being seen so that that person can change more life, can change, can follow the next person. And so it becomes a chain event where it just grow bigger and bigger and bigger. So I'm in the process of growing that.
0: So how important are partnerships for you?
1: Partnership is definitely a, a it's it's a natural process to me. It feels that we just cannot be in this world alone, so you do need to partner with somebody, like whether it's another business, another person. Partnership is where each one of us bring in our own our talent, our gift, because what I, what you have, I don't have. You bring in your superpower and I'm going to bring in my superpower and together we can create this beautiful masterpiece together. So a partnership to me, it means that everybody bring in a piece of the puzzle and we're going to create this complete whole picture of what the, the, the beauty will look like, what the whole uh, big picture would look like, but you require everyone to show up with their piece. And each one of us have a piece. So partnership is essential in in the wellness of this society.
0: So, Michelle, your website, we better let people know before we forget. What (laughs) is your website?
1: My website is at elevatelifecoaching.org. Okay.
0: Are you a for-profit or a non-profit?
1: I am a for-profit. Okay. But my plan, my plan is to, in the future, I would like to sponsor a nonprofit. So, uh, part of my my profit will go into benefiting a nonprofit.
0: Well, you may say that, but you're a social enterprise. <laughs> we, we we can't argue about that one, because you do give back to community, and you're a for-profit social enterprise. So I want to thank you this afternoon. We could go on all day. And I want to thank you for your time.
1: Thank you so much for having me.